You're listening to Financial Insights, a podcast that helps investors through the difficult maze of financial planning and saving for retirement. I'm Brian Ullman, and I'm a financial advisor and certified financial planner at Ford Financial Group. And together with some guests and other advisors at my firm, we're talking about the issues and questions relating to finance that face our clients every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Financial Insights Podcast. It is the week of Christmas. We're recording this on the 21st, and markets are mixed this morning as we get into the Christmas week. Um, we have news that stimulus has passed or will pass both houses of Congress and will likely be signed into legislation by the president or into law rather by the president. Uh, but we don't have a whole lot of details. We know kind of in an abstract way who think who is helped by this uh, stimulus package, but we don't know all of the details. So we're waiting on that a little bit uh, with the expectation that it's going to help a lot of people who need help as we get into the new year. So that's what's going on as this is recorded, but we're not going to cover um, markets the way we do sometimes on this podcast, at least in this episode. Uh, oftentimes, over the holidays, we see lots of engagements. People who are getting married or going to get married in the following year, um, probably a good way to start 2020 and, and see 2020, see show 2020 the door uh, is by getting engaged. Um, and so we are. this podcast is going to be specifically for money tips for newlyweds. We'll get into the market stuff uh, next week and, and into the next year. We also are in the process of putting together our 2020 outlook, or 2021 outlook, rather. So that is going to be upcoming as well. But for now, uh, we are going to put together, or we have put together, some tips for newlyweds. Uh, for, the, for those of you getting engaged at the end of the year, for Christmas or for New Year's, and looking at having a wedding once it's feasible with um, with the vaccine coming and uh, life getting back to normal, presumably in 2021. Um, so we wanted to put this together for you, for you to listen to or forward to whoever the newlywed is going to be or is in your life. Um, we wanted to help them because money problems can destroy a marriage uh, or at least make it more difficult than it needs to be. Um, marriage is never easy, of course, but when you have money problems, every other problem that you have is also a money problem. Leak in the roof, it's a roof problem and a money problem if you haven't done the sufficient work to prepare for something like that. Car problem, money problem right? If you don't have the savings in place and the things that um, need to be structured to kind of make for a, a safe and sound really kind of financial picture for you, it just, it complicates things. In fact, data released by TD Ameritrade actually found that 41% of divorced Gen Xers and 29% of divorced boomers say they ended their marriage due to disagreements about money. Moreover, nearly half of Americans, actually 48%, who are married or living with a partner say they argue with that person over money. And that's according to a survey of more than 1,000 people by the Cash Lorette, uh, which, is, which is a bankrate.com owned site. So most of the fights are about spending habits, uh, according to the site. And so uh, as I mentioned, it's, spending habits can create money problems, and then money problems become an everything problem and are made worse 
particularly in times of financial stress like so many people are experiencing today because of the COVID-caused recession that we have been in in 2021, or 2020, rather. So, of course, there, there are legal basics like changing your address if you're moving in together now that you're married or, or changing your name with Social Security and the Social Security Administration or your name on your driver's license or voter registration. All those things need to go on, of course. But really, we're here to talk about finances. So let's start with the basics, right? Sometimes the easiest or maybe sometimes the hardest, I guess, way to get started is to simply talk. But that's often the solution here. Uh, so how did your new spouse learn about spending and saving money, right? Those are the foundations of someone's kind of money personality. Uh, who's the saver between the two of you? Who's the spender between the two of you? It's often not the same. <laughs> um, and very rarely do we see two savers and two spenders. Um, usually you're one or the other. I know uh, Dave Ramsey calls it the free spirit and the nerd. But you, you can pretty well, just by listening to this, know where you land as a couple. Are your financial goals aligned in terms of saving and paying off debts, traveling, retirement, all of those things? Those are all important things to consider. So let's roll through. We have a handful here of, of really six categories that we're going to go over that can help kind of sort out or work, help you work on sorting out your finances as a newlywed. And the first one has to do with credit. I would suggest to you that you need to go and find out your credit scores. For both of you, it's easier than ever to do. Now, you can you can go and get your credit report. That's not the same as finding out what your credit score is, though. And your credit score is important because that can sometimes dictate what kind of interest rates you're going to pay on big purchases like a car loan or a home loan. So find out what your credit score is. It doesn't hurt to get your credit report to make sure it's accurate, of course, but your credit score is another thing that you need to know. Uh, and then when we're talking about credit and you're looking at your credit score, and you're looking at your credit report, it's probably good for the two of you to sort out what large debts exist between the two of you that need to be addressed and tackled. Because large debts, whether it's consumer debt, like a big credit card bill, or student loan debt, which is really common among newlyweds right now, um, how, is, how are those things going to be addressed? How are the big debts going to be tackled? Uh, and then as far as credit is concerned, it's also good to work to establish guidelines for future deliberations over borrowing and spending and saving. You know, are you going to have a, an allowance or a budget for yourselves, for each of you? So, you know, you can, you have $200 a month to spend or maybe more. Um, is there going to be a spending limit that shouldn't be exceeded by either of you without consulting your partner, right? Where um, maybe you don't have a spending limit for each of you, but you do have um, a, an understanding between the two of you that you won't make a big purchase without consulting the other. And depending on your budget will probably dictate what that spending limit might be without consultation. But those kinds of things, whether it's finding out your credit score, addressing existing debt uh, and credit, or establishing some future guidelines on how credit will be kind of racked up, if you will, are some really good ways to open the door and have a clear-eyed conversation so you're not stepping into something unknowingly. It's not to say that someone with a big credit card bill call off the marriage. No, that's not what I'm saying here. What I am saying, though, is that you need to discuss it and talk about where you sit right now 
and then what the plan is for the future for managing credit and for paying off debts. The second item here that I'd like to cover is a favorite of mine, and it has to do with budgeting. It's good as soon as you can. I know everybody hates budgeting because it feels like it's limiting, but once you have a budget, it is actually freeing. When you know what your budget is for a certain spending category every month, you can spend that amount of money without worry. I mean, how many times have you gone and gone out shopping or gone out to restaurants and you look and it's kind of towards the end of the month and you're like, good gravy, what did I do? How did I rack up this much in spending? Or, or you, you have borrower, uh, buyer's remorse where you've spent this money out shopping and then you realize you probably went a little bit overboard. Wouldn't it be nice if you could spend a few hundred dollars shopping and not have any guilt associated with it? And that's the kind of thing that budgeting allows you to do. So together, list out your income and list all of your expenses. Sometimes it's easier to do once you're married and living together uh, if you aren't already um, because that way you know what your expenses are. Um, and then try and make sure your income exceeds your expenses and allows for you to save. And that means saving from emergency savings all the way to retirement savings. And the easiest way to do this and make sure that savings is baked into what you do every month is by using a zero-based budget, which means every dollar that comes in every month is accounted for. So let's just say you bring in $3,000 a month and you spend $2,500 a month. Instead of just saying, hey, that's nice that we have some excess, you need to write in in your budget that you plan to save $500 that month and put it either into your retirement savings or your savings account with the bank or however it is that you've decided to save. But every dollar has a purpose and every dollar is accounted for. So when you tally all of that up, including savings, it comes out to zero. That's what the zero-based budgeting is. On our blog, on fordfg.com slash blog, uh, we've got a post on there about budgeting software that you may have heard of. We might do another podcast about it as well. But there are some apps and software, just like for everything else, that can make this a little bit easier. But even if it's just good old-fashioned pen and paper, write out your income, write out your expenses, share it with your partner. It, it, this is about transparency, and uh, being open about your finances between the two of you will make life a lot easier. Let's move on to your accounts. Think about all of your bank accounts. Think about your checking account, your savings account, credit card, all of these things. Are you going to choose to have a joint or separate accounts? Uh, traditionally, many couples merge their bank accounts along with their other finances, though I will say these days it's becoming more and more common for couples to keep things separate. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to get into community property and separate property and some of the things that come around with divorce um, or with keeping things separate. Suffice to say, especially in California, at least, or in community property states, if you earn money while you're married, it's both of yours, even if you keep it in separate accounts. Now, sometimes you might keep it things separate just to make budgeting easier, or you know, this spouse is in charge of this bill, and that spouse is in charge of that bill. It's up to you. But this is probably something you need to talk about first, because if someone thinks they're going to merge all the accounts, and the other spouse thinks they're not going to merge any accounts... Um, that needs to get ironed out, right? So think about whether or not you want to have joint or separate accounts. Um, and that goes for credit cards too. Are you going to apply for credit cards jointly? Or are you going to have them separate? Um, sometimes a spouse with poor, poor credit really can improve their score by joining accounts with a spouse that has better credit so you can benefit there. Um, 
But if you have a spouse that is racking up debt in a dangerous way, maybe the spouse with better credit and better spending habits doesn't want to get tied up in that. So that's something you're going to need to sort out. The other thing is how are you going to handle your monthly bills? It's paying the bills a shared responsibility or is one of you going to be basically the bookkeeper between the two of you and having a book having only one bookkeeper can seem to make life easier though I'll, I'll caution you that because it also means that one spouse often is left out of the loop I, it off, it really begins someone's paying the bills uh, and then down the road when the one who's not the bookkeeper is spending money they feel as though um, they're always being restrained by the one that's in charge of the finances. And that, that kind of can create arguments down the road when the bookkeeper suddenly becomes the, maybe not suddenly, but over time becomes the gatekeeper for the finances, not just bookkeeper of the finances. Uh, but it cuts both ways, right? Um, if you don't want to have responsibility for paying all the bills and doing all the finances, you can't be surprised when the one who is in charge and is responsible for the finances is trying to rein things in a little bit and make sure that um, you know, kind of things are staying in balance. And so it's a really tricky mix um, when it comes to having a bookkeeper between the two spouses. So even if one spouse is paying the bills and is that it's their responsibility to handle the finances it's really important that the the one who's not handling them is still looped in so it doesn't become this gatekeeper situation instead of a bookkeeper situation um, one other thing that that comes uh, often maybe not with younger newlyweds but with people who have had previous marriages is whether you not you have children from previous marriages how are you going to handle their emergency expenses especially if the former spouse can't assist with that financial responsibility so maybe there is an account that's separate that's intended for those children from previous marriages that's something to consider the next one i want to talk about is investment accounts or retirement accounts Oftentimes, two spouses both working, maybe each of you have a 401k. Um, are the investment decisions made jointly in those accounts? Uh, even if you have separate accounts, like your IRA or your 401k, are you, are you managing those separately? Um, if you have a joint investment account, it's probably wise to manage that uh, together, or at least discuss the management of that, because I can tell you as a financial advisor in CFP, we see a lot of times where two spouses have very different ideas of how much risk to take on in their investment and their retirement accounts. And so um, even if the account isn't in your name, like an IRA often isn't just in, isn't in, well, an IRA can't be held jointly, right? It's only one person's name, but do both spouses have a say in what kinds of investments go in those accounts? Uh, two more here, and I'll move on to estate planning. We have a couple of podcast episodes with an estate planning attorney here locally, uh, Ryan Janice, who talks specifically about estate planning, but just something to consider as a newlywed. Uh, you want to make sure that you establish your beneficiaries in your uh, TOD or transfer on death accounts, your retirement plans, life insurance policies. You have a new spouse you probably need to update your beneficiary from a sibling or a parent to that spouse. So if something were to happen to you, uh, those funds would go to them. I would say also, make sure you have your healthcare directives in order. That's critically important. Um, so the right person, your spouse, if you want it to be that way, are making healthcare decisions for you in the event that you can't make them yourself. And then finally, let's get down to the one that everybody loves the most, taxes. Um, this is not a tax podcast 
it's always good to talk to your uh, tax advisor, whether it's your CPA or EA or whoever it is that's doing your your taxes. Um, And it's good to work with them to determine how best to file your taxes so you can make sure that you're improving your tax results in the way that you need. So are you married filing separately now that you're married? Um, If you're married before the end of the year, even if you get married on December 31st, for that year, let's say you get married December 31st, 2020, when you file your taxes for 2020, you have the option of being married filing jointly or married filing separately. Um, but you're considered married for 2020. And so work with your accountant to make sure that your your tax filing is correct for you. And then uh, finally, for the under taxes that you, you want to update your withholdings. If your tax picture is changing um, for, for your paycheck, you may want to make sure that your your withholdings for that are appropriate so you don't get some nasty surprise in April when you guys are filing taxes together. So this is not an exhaustive list, but something to get get you thinking for newlyweds about how, you know, it's not easy merging two lives. Um, and when the stakes are high and people have different ideas about how money should work for them, it's important to get those ideas out there and talk. But there are other things, like other items that you could include, like examining your life insurance. Even though that doesn't often come up with young newlyweds, and more often it kind of, the conversation starts when someone's a new parent. Um, But if you're coming and you have have kids from a previous marriage, figuring out life insurance and who that's intended to protect is a really important thing. And don't just discuss the nuts and bolts of finances, right? Accounts and budgeting and credit cards and all of that stuff. Get into your goals. Talk about your goals and your hopes and your dreams for your finances. Do you want to work forever? Is your spouse cool with that? (laughs) What about your career goals? Or do you have dream vacations? Does, Does one of you have an expensive hobby? Um, that's something to, to discuss, right? How do we prioritize these things? Uh, the time to uncover this stuff is now, uh, not because they're make or break questions and answers on whether to get married, but because these things need to be out in the open. So you as a couple aren't dropping financial surprises on each other down the road, which can lead to that money stress and the kind of arguing that I talked about, uh, at the beginning of the podcast. Don't fall into that that trap where nearly half of Americans, as I mentioned, are married or living with a partner and they argue with over money. Um, you know, a little bit of a little bit of uh, effort on the front end can go a long way on making life easier on the back end. So I will leave it there. Thanks for listening. I look forward to talking to you in the next one where we will tackle our outlook for 2021. If you want to get a hold of us, the easiest way is to email at info at FordFG.com. That's short for Ford Financial Group. Or you can always find us on the web at FordFG.com. So thanks again for listening. And I look forward to talking to you in the next one. The advisors with Ford Financial Group are registered representatives with and securities are offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, and SIPC. Investment advice is offered through Ford Financial Group, a registered investment advisor and a separate entity from LPL. The opinions voiced in this material are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. 
Stock investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss. The economic forecasts set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted. Ford Financial Group and LPL Financial do not provide tax or legal advice or services. This information is not intended as a solicitation or an offer to buy or sell any security referred to herein.